The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about traveling with dogs. A lot of people take their dogs on road trips and stuff over the holidays when the kids have time off from school. So we are going to work, walk through you through a few tips to help you along the way. But first, we're going to start out with the quirky tip of the day. Good job, babe. Okay. Quirky tip of the day. And we're just going to talk about a particular crate or kennel and it's called Rough Tough Kennels and now they've they've just changed their name their company name to Rough Land Kennels I don't know why but these are a um what the heck is that it's a roto mold yeah solid like one piece plastic very durable you know they drop them off the roof of buildings to show you how tough they are but it's a real safe crate and uh we we started using them a few years back and just about everybody we know that's in the dog world has one of these kennels these days. Yeah, they. I just put the picture on Instagram from the ones in our car. Um, I did leave the pig out of the Instagram pic, so I'm kind of feeling regretful of that. Yeah, the um, pig's upset. I, know, I think it's the first time I did my pig post without the pig. Um, but these crates are really good because the doors aren't like those wire doors that the dogs can just pop off. And a lot of times, if a dog is in a crate in a car and it's just a typical very kennel or one of those wire crates... Once the dog flies out of the car in the crate, if the crate busts open, you're kind of in tough shape there. So they're great for travel. Um, a lot of people have gotten in some pretty serious accidents with them. And they're super safe. And then they're also really good for dogs with anxiety. We always recommend if your dog has broken out of a crate before, check them out. But these crates that are super safe to travel with and all one piece and everything else can range anywhere from you know, a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks. So the rough land kennels are a little bit on the more affordable side. So if you are traveling with your dog, we recommend you crate your dog. And if you haven't heard of the company Roughland Kennels before, check them out. And also, like Scott said, they do crazy stuff in the videos, dropping weights out of buildings and car, the crates flying out of cars. So check it out. The proof yeah. is in the pudding. Yeah. No, it's a nice crate. I mean, if you're going to compare it to a PetSmart crate, I mean, it's probably going to be twice the price. But yeah, as but far for, as quality crates go. Yeah, but for a crate that's good for a dog with anxiety or a dog that's going to be safe in the car, especially if something goes wrong. It's um, definitely on the more affordable side. And you can get them at like Cabela's and L.L. Bean. And we just did have Black Friday sales, but sometimes you can catch them on a good sale. Or That's even, a good way, good way to get them. Yeah. Because yeah. you get them on sale, plus you don't pay that shipping charge. Yeah. So or that people works out sometimes good. are selling them on Craigslist or something. But good crate. We're all about them. Check them out. So we came up with this um, theme today. One, because like we said, as you're traveling over the holidays with your dogs, you might want some more tips. And then we also, um, my very best friend from high school was out here last week. Um, her and her girlfriend came and they came in a big RV with a couple cats and a dog and they're traveling now all around the country for the next few months. So it kind of got our imaginations going. Yeah, like the cat huh? only escaped one time while I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's different things you have to consider with traveling, where you're traveling and everything else. So the first thing to think of when traveling with pets or traveling with a dog is the microchip. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, there's not a huge need for a microchip. But if your dog, for some reason, were to get out and someone you know, brought them to a vet or a local animal shelter or whatever else, 
by scanning them, the microchip, you get a call right to your phone. So that saves a lot of time and hassle of flyers and phone calls and all this added stress. If your dog is social enough and it's going to approach someone, that's a very direct way for that veterinary office or that shelter or whomever to get a hold of you right away. And the other thing about that is make sure your contact info for the microchip is up to date. If you change phone numbers or something, make sure it's your current phone number and there's a way to link that animal directly back to you. Yeah, you can do that through the website of the uh, microchip company. Yeah, and the sport that Scott competed in a lot was French Ring. It's a protection sport. And they scan the dogs before those trials because they want to make sure that the dog that you're competing with is actually the dog that you're saying it is just for breeding purposes and ethical purposes and everything else. So the dogs either need to be microchipped or they need to have a tattoo And the microchip, sometimes it's put in right between the shoulder blades. It's not a big process at all. It's just a quick thing. It's like a vaccine almost. But um, sometimes they can travel also. So just be conscious of that, that, you know, every now and then they go a little bit lower towards the shoulder, everything else. So it's a good thing to consider if you don't already have it. And if you are going on a big trip, better late than never. Yeah. Why does the owner have to be conscious of a traveling microchip? Well, if they thought their dog was microchipped and someone scanned them, they could say, oh, it might be yeah. lower. I know I did this before. Yeah, check the dog's elbow. <laughs> well, it does travel yeah. sometimes. I was no, discussing I that I at know. the vet when Swell got his done. Okay, so the other thing um, is vaccines. And we've talked about vaccines a little bit before, and Scott and I vary with vaccines uh, more so than some other dog owners maybe. But when you're traveling... Really, you want to make sure things are up to date because, you know, if you're going to an area that's uh, more filled with parvo or something than where you live and it's going to be warmer there than in the winter where you live, you really want to make sure your dog is up to date on all those important vaccines. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I lived in California, I didn't give my dog heartworm. That wasn't an issue, but I took my dog to Texas and wound up giving him heartworm for that trip. Yeah. Same thing there. I uh, cut the dogs off of Sentinel over the cold months, because it's pretty cold here. A lot of people say do it 12 months a year, but I run snaps on all of them, blood work, to make sure they're not heartworm positive before I start to reintroduce that in the spring. But since, you know, especially my friends, we're traveling to southern parts, warmer parts again, there's going to be mosquitoes, there's going to be stuff there. The dog needs to be treated on heartworm again because he's traveling in areas that are going to be warmer and are going to be filled with heartworm. And you don't want anything random you know, it happened medically on the road. Enough stuff can happen just in general with dogs and travel and everything else. So you want to make sure the health stuff is all dealt with. And then with that said, it's really important to have all of your records with you. So no, not every single vet visit and what went on every time, but a vaccine record, definitely a rabies cert. If you're going to Canada, Canada at the border is pretty big stickler about rabies certs with dogs. However many animals are in the car, you need to show this, these are rabies certs for each animal. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not a huge thing. It's not a big stressful thing. But if you don't have the documentation and if your vet isn't open at the time that you're crossing the border, it can become more of a hassle and it definitely can delay plans. So whether you're traveling within the U.S. or you're crossing the border and going to Canada or something, be sure that you have your records with you. And again, the most important ones would be the rabies certificate and then an additional vaccine certificate. But a vaccine cert that just says rabies do X, Y, Z, isn't the same thing as a rabies certificate in and of itself. We ran into this a lot with our board and train program um, because we needed to have rabies certs on every dog that we had for the animal control officer in the town if he came and did a kennel inspection. And people would give us like a receipt from the vet, oh, rabies done here, or uh, just informal vaccine certificate. The rabies certificate says rabies certificate, and it's more official than other things. Yeah, I had a buddy that was going into Canada and forgot his rabies certificate. 
and he had to wait at the border for his vet to fax a certificate to the border so that he could uh, pass through. So. Yeah, but that's when the vet's open. If it's Christmas morning or something, you know, that's going to be an issue. So make sure you have um, all your ducks in order. And just a picture on the phone is not good enough for most places. They want to see an actual printout. And then nowadays with technology, if you have an extra one on the phone to print out, that's great. But make sure that you have a physical copy of these things and keep them close. Keep them with your passports, everything else. The other thing I want to touch on... Um, is getting your dogs, moving them around safely because, you know, there's, they're going to be in different areas, new areas, rest stops can be dangerous and everything else. And like, it boggles my mind how often we have been at someone's house to do an in-home or something. And the dog walkers been there and like the equipment that these dogs are walked on or that I see dog walkers on the street and the dogs are walking like big collars that are way too big for dogs' heads that could slip over their heads. You know, equipment can be faulty, but if you don't make it safe, it can be even more dangerous. So one thing that we always used um, are these slip collars. You can get them uh, super cheap, and it's just a good backup collar to have on the dog's neck, whether it has a flat collar on or a martingale collar on, or sometimes people put a pinch collar on incorrectly and it can pop open. Just have two collars on the dog, because if you have two collars on the dog, and one pops open, you have a backup, and the dog is still attached to you. Yeah, I mean, especially at these rest stops that are right off the, the highway, the freeway, there's a lot of traffic and a lot going on that could spook your dog. Just, a, you know, an air brakes on a Mack truck or something, your dog might back up and all of a sudden slip out of a collar. You don't want them all of a sudden trying to round them up right next to the freeway, you know? Yeah, no, it can be stressful. And even a lot of people use the front attach harnesses. I have seen so many dogs just kind of climb out of those real quickly. This is a great tool for that. If you get an oversized slip collar, you can now clip the leash to the slip collar as well as the front attach harness. If I'm using a gentle leader to like fly a dog or something else, I use it in conjunction with that. So now the slip collar and the gentle leader can both be clipped on the same leash. But think of backups. And Scott and I are rather crazy because we dealt with a lot of people's dogs who weren't our own and we didn't want to lose them, obviously. I mean, that's what we were getting paid to do, keep their dogs safe and send them home more well-behaved. But a lot of times when I see people walking their dogs around, especially dogs that have fear and are shying away from things, I think, oh my gosh, like that dog could slip out of that flat collar or that dog could break out of that harness in two seconds. So make sure you have a backup. And if for some reason you don't have two collars, you can always noose the dog um, with a leash, like kind of like how I'm doing here. You can noose the dog with a leash and have a leash on their neck as an additional piece of equipment. Or if your dog's small enough, just pick the dog up. Make sure the dog is safe because when you're in all these new situations, and like Scott said, you're at a rest stop or something and the air brakes go off and in a truck, and that's a fearful thing for your dog, make sure that you have a plan so if they do go to bolt, they can't get away no. successfully. You don't want a dog running down the highway with no microchip, <laughs> no rabies certificate. <laughs> Overdue on heartworm. It's just it's a bloody hell. All right, guys, after the break, we're going to give you some more tips about keeping the dogs comfortable during travel. Does your dog seem anxious? Would you like your dog to relax? Do you want to feel more in control? Would you like your dog to cooperate? HowToCalmYourCanine.com That's HowToCalmYourCanine.com We are back. Okay. Uh, we have here, when we're driving down the road with our 
the, with the dog in the car. Uh, if you don't normally take your dog in the car, it would be a good idea to condition them to get them used to the driving in the car because a lot of dogs get car sick. And if they do get car sick, I mean, my puppy was getting car sick when I first got him. And I would just bring a roll of paper towel, bounty towels with me and a spray bottle of some, I don't know what it was, some type of a disinfectant and uh, planned on him getting sick. And uh, he did get sick, you know, several times when he was young and then he outgrew it. But if you have a dog that doesn't like the car, that maybe gets car sick, it would be nice if you can counter condition them a little bit before you actually go on your your big adventure. Yeah, and the other thing is people really only put the dogs in the car to go to the vet or maybe to do something stressful unless they're you know, going to daycare every day or something like that. So think about like just going for short trips with your dog and making it, you know, something easy. You can do it right before their dinner at night. That's a good way to transfer the value from, oh, I'm going to eat right after I get in the car and everything else, but don't make it a big deal. And if the dog stresses after 15 minutes of being in the car, do a five minute trip, do a 10 minute trip, then go back to a five minute trip, then try the 15 minute trip, you know, try not to get them into the state where they're getting super stressed and super anxious. And another good way to keep dogs more comfortable is to physically restrict their movement. So a lot of people use harnesses and such and, you know, safety safety belt them in. And that's fine. People have done that before, but you want to be careful that, you know, if you think about, okay, you get T-bone now and all of a sudden your dog is just in a harness and seat belted in, like how safe are they really? So again, we go back to advocating for crates in the car because... And sorry to interrupt you, but... Getting back to dogs that get car sick, much better to have them throw up in a crate than all of your friggin' back seat. You know? Yeah, no, it is true. It's a it's a hefty detail when it gets underneath the seats and everything. It's not pretty. Yeah. But you want to um, think about okay, so if the dog is in a crate now, maybe it'll be more comfortable. If a dog gets car sick and it's in a crate and it can see out the window, try to have it not have visual access to things passing by. We went to the White Mountains with our dogs a few uh, weeks ago, and we. We're driving through the mountains and we had uh, enough dogs in the car that the crates were getting full. So Scott had Jimmy at his feet and you could see going over the mountains, being at Scott's feet, he was starting to kind of gag. So we switched out dogs, but dogs can get car sick, even if they don't usually, if it's a different situation or something else. So just be thoughtful of how they're feeling and everything else and try not to overanalyze the situation. Like if they are shaking, oh, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Cause if it's a 16 hour drive, you don't want them shaking for 16 hours. Just put them somewhere, tell them that they're going to be okay and forget about it. And most likely they're going to acclimate just fine. Yeah. Um, if you have a dog that's a little bit territorial at home, you know, they tend to bark whenever someone comes to the house, knocks on the door, goes by a window, uh, there's a good chance they probably do that in the car as well. So if you have a dog that's a little territorial in the car, It's nice if you can put some type of visual barrier so they can't see if they're in the back. They can't see out that side window when you pull into a gas station and they're blowing up every time an attendant walks by your car or something like that. And with that said, um, if it's warmer out, if you're traveling somewhere where it's warmer and you need to leave the windows open when you leave, don't leave your windows open wide enough that A, your dog can escape or B, someone can reach their hand in because people are idiots. They do this, oh, look at the dog. They come over and all of a sudden, and maybe your dog is totally fine, but- you don't want people interacting with your dog when you're not there. It just doesn't sound like a good idea. So make sure that that's not a situation, especially if you have a dog with territorial aggression, that that's going to escalate because you left the windows open too wide also. And yeah. I saw an old lady get bit in that situation. Yeah. She was just parked next to the, the car that had the dog in it, and it was summer, so the dog's window was rolled all the way down. She had to get near the car to get into her car, and the dog just reached out and grabbed her by the arm. Yeah. And people are wacko now about dogs and cars. I mean, if it's over like 
65 degrees. They're calling the police or busting windows open and everything well, state, else. State laws now. Well, exactly. Yeah. But you and need it's a federal, to. It's a federal thing. Animal you cruelty. need to. Um, <laughs> you can do prison time. <laughs> Things are escalating. You want to take your dog on the holiday? Be careful. No, but really, you want to be thoughtful. If the dog is in the crate, one, they're probably going to be quieter. Two, they're not going to have access to people. And three, those windows can be rolled down more. We do have this device. I really like these. Um, it's called a sensor push. And they're pretty affordable. I think they're like 50 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, it's reasonable. Yeah, but um, they uh, see if the app is on your phone real quick so we can zoom in on that too, please. I don't think um, I do, babe, but... I think we did when Britt came. These so, are nice anyway, if you go into a restaurant, leave your dog in the car. You can see the temperature in your car when you're in the restaurant. Yeah, these go, they run off of Bluetooth. And if you need to, you can get um, one that has a gateway that runs off of Wi-Fi also. Here it is right there. But um, you can get a whole bunch of these and put them different places. But it's going to let you know the temperature. And it's great. I mean, if you're in a restaurant, it's great to know, oh, the car's gotten below 45 degrees or the car's gotten above 65 degrees. Hey, are you able to zoom in on that? I'm not sure. It's, it's not very big. But it just gives Ed's the temperature. Ed's a superstar. Lift it up a little bit. There we go. So I don't know if you guys can see, but it, no. it shows, uh, it has humidity, it has temperature and everything else, and you can check it on your phone. So the Bluetooth option is great, but then if you're going to be away from an area, like if you don't want the air conditioning to fail or something in the summer, they also have these gateways that can hook up to Wi-Fi so you can know the temperature when you're not there. So we had these in like every room of our kennel when we had our dog training facility because, you know, if it's an, if an air conditioner breaks and we're out to lunch, we want to know that that temperature is increasing. Also, so, if you're into smoking cigars, <laughs> uh, you can keep these in your humidor yeah. because they give you <laughs> a, the humidity. That's true. It, it's humidity and it's temperature. But um, this is a great device. It's called a sensor push and it's something great to bring on the road. And then if for some reason you were getting flack at a restaurant, like you came out from Applebee's and your dog was in the car and some cop pulls up beside your car, you can say, hey, look, the car is 52 degrees. Like I have the temperature right here. You're kind of being proactive in all of that. And it alerts you. You can set temperature boundaries. So it will alert you either through Bluetooth or if you have the gateway, it'll alert your phone through Wi-Fi, even if you're far away what the temperature is and that there's an issue and that yeah. it needs to be addressed. Not that we're condoning leaving your dog in the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, even just going into a rest stop to use the restroom. I mean, people no, are nice. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So another thing we we're discussing um, is going to the bathroom on command. And this is more of a behavioral thing. But when you're driving, it is a pain in the butt if your dog will not go to the bathroom on leash. I remember one time my mom came out to visit me from Colorado. I was uh, going to school at uh, University of Michigan still. Is this a she, long she story? Drove, <laughs> she drove from um, Colorado to Ann Arbor, and um, the dog didn't go to the bathroom for 17 hours because she didn't pee on a leash, and then she slept in a hotel and didn't go, which the dog made it, and the dog was physically fine, but that's uncomfortable. So condition your dog to be going to the bathroom on leash so when you are traveling, it's super easy, and you also don't want to be at a rest stop for an hour, especially if it's raining or snowing or something. Come on, Sparky, go potty. Like, yeah. you can't have that. I was going to say a nice workaround for a dog that doesn't go pee on a leash is bring a 10 or 15-foot line with you because that leash length of being six feet you know, for whatever reason, they're not comfortable doing it. But if you can let them get out 10 feet away from you on a, on a long line, they'll probably go. Yeah. And a long line is a little bit more preferable to a flexi because those flexis. Retractable. Yeah. yeah. Th they can be faulty. And then this is more of a just thing. But um, if you do get to a rest stop, I used to travel around a lot when I did the Canaan Entertainment. I was at rest stops all over the country. If you do get to a rest stop and it says pet area, 
That's all fine and good. But for people that are watching, don't necessarily just rush to the pet area, especially if you have a young dog or an old dog. You know, if you can comfortably take your dog to pee on a tree and it's not going to ruin some nice flower arrangement or whatever at the rest stop, do that because those pet areas are where all the other dogs have gone to the bathroom and they're not just getting sanitized on a regular basis and everything else. And most importantly, pick up after your dogs. It is just boggles my mind how much like feces there are on the road at parks and everything else like have a method and a plan to pick up and most of the time the rest stops even if no one sees you you still have to pick it up yes we (laughs) we went through that lesson in our marriage early on (laughs) it's like that random act of kindness thing you just do it for you but no really I mean it's there's nothing worse than you're in a really nice outfit and you have high heels on and then all of a sudden you stepped in dog crap before you came to your family's Christmas. So be conscious of having your own poop bags available and looking for others. And like, it seems like a little thing, but people are abusing it more and more and more. This is why hotels are saying no to having dogs come because people keep abusing the rule. You know, there's condos now, they're testing the feces. Uh, in Boston. Did you hear that? I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they actually have you bring a fecal in when you sign that you have um, a dog in your unit. So then if there is something left over, they go back and they test that and they can direct the fine right back to your apartment. DNA test. (laughs) Yeah, but like it's people are so disrespectful that it's like, oh yeah, I'll do this. And we're talking like a small little area in these Boston condominiums and people are just, "Eh, whatever, forget it. So just be thoughtful um, of other people and everything else. Yeah. And if you do live in a condo and you see someone's dog poop in there, just put it, bring it over to their door. <laughs> or it. pick it up yourself even. Yeah. Um, and then prepare kind of for anything. I, of course, you know, your car is in great shape. Everything's great. Stuff happens. You can break down. I ran out of gas one time with my Malinois in the car and AAA had to come. Like, you don't know what the situation will be. So one, have a plan for your dog if that does happen, that they're on a secure leash and a secure collar and everything else. And then two, if it's cold out, have blankets, like have blankets to cover the dog. If it's really hot out, make sure you have water. There's been multiple times that if we've had a few dogs in the car and it's like 85 in the summer, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if we break down, like the blacktop's hot, what's going to happen? How are we going to manage everything? So just be prepared and you don't have to be crazy. It's not like big Y2K preparation, but be prepared that things can sometimes go wrong when you're on the road. And do you have a plan? And do you have a plan for the dog? Obviously it's easier to have a plan for yourselves and your kids and everything. But a lot of tow truck drivers aren't going to be like, oh yeah, load the dog on in. So be thoughtful of that. And if you have a crate, it's really easy to put a blanket over the whole crate and keeps the dog's heat inside there. So it's a much easier way to keep them warm than if they were just floating around in a cold car. Yeah. We're big on traveling uh, with dogs and crates, honestly, and safe crates, because if they're just in some flimsy crate or a soft crate or something else, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be safe. But how many times have you slammed on the brakes and your dog smashes into the dash or something like you don't want i did that when i was a kid (laughs) or probably did that last week when i wasn't in the car with you and chew but you don't want there to be a big incident like that with the dog and the vehicles themselves are not designed to keep the dogs as safe as they are hopefully designed to keep us safe and then lastly be thoughtful about your dog's food it is so funny how many people when we had our board and train business would like come in and say, oh, you know, he can eat anything. Don't worry about it. Or they'd bring cat food in on accident. <laughs> <their dog. laughs> that was not everyone. <laughs> it was a select <laughs> few. Um, but like one, I am not going to use all the other dog's food. And two, when you're switching up food, it can be 
sensitive, a dog with a sensitive stomach, that could be an issue. So time and time again, I was like, no, tell me the brand. And I would bring myself out to the store and go get the brand. And half the time PetSmart didn't sell it. So I'm going to the specialty stores, but make sure that you are bringing the food that your dog is accustomed to eating on the road with you. And that it's in like a tightly sealed container and it isn't going to get bad. And then you were talking about feeding raw on the road. Well, along the lines of the food too, just bring a gallon jug of water too. So you can give your dog some water, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, we feed our dogs a raw diet. So they eat Raw meat, chicken, beef, that kind of thing. So uh, we don't typically bring a lot with us if we're traveling cross-country. We'll just go to the local grocery store and, and buy our meat right there. But if we're going somewhere local, we'll get a cooler, styrofoam cooler, and we'll just bag it so it's individual meals, and we'll pack it frozen. And then by the time it's ready for dinner, the stuff's thawed out. Yeah, rather than carry everything with you. And then like, if you do feed raw or home-cooked, sweet potatoes... Uh, canned sardines, canned tuna, those are an easy thing to get you through the first day or two and take on the road and keep the dog safe. So we're not meaning to be overly crazy about this whole thing. I feel like we say that a lot. (laughs) I feel like I say that a lot. I'm used to clarifying that after I married Scott. But um, these things do pop up. We've had a lot of experience traveling with dogs. And if you are traveling with your dogs over the holiday season or into the new year, just think about a few of these little things because the smoother things are during travel, more likely, oh, the and, more um, pleasant vacation will don't be. Put, don't strap the roof to the and Don't the strap the dog to the, roof to of the, the car. Roof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good one from Mitt Romney. All right, guys, next week we are going to deal with energy healing for dogs. And in the meantime, if you need to reach us, you can find us at studio at thequirkydog.com and keep it quirky. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.